Good morning and welcome to another edition of the South Florida Sunday with our guest, Patrick Franklin. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning. Welcome again to South Florida Sundays. I'm your host, Patrick Franklin, President and CEO of the Irving of Palm Beach County. And as always, we always have a special guest. This week, um, I want to welcome to our show, Sheriff Rick Bradshaw. Sheriff, good morning. Welcome good. to the South Florida. Well, good morning, and uh, it's really a pleasure to be here to uh, talk with you for a little bit. Well, good. Sheriff, you have been a fixture here in Palm Beach County for many years. Yeah. You're in your 45th year, if, if I have my, my, my years correct. Actually, 52. 52 years. That, yep. that, that's a big number. That's yeah. a big number, and you have been serving in law enforcement for 52 years. And you started out at, at, at what position, what level, and as you migrated up to sheriff? Well, I, I started in West Palm Beach as a patrolman, and I worked my way all, be, all the way up to be the police chief. I was the first person in, in the history of the department that's ever started as a patrolman and worked his way all the way to police chief. And I was a police chief there for eight, eight years, so I saw a lot of, a lot of transition in that city. Um, and then uh, in 2004, uh, I was asked to run for sheriff. I did. Uh, fortunately for me, I was successful, and now I've been the longest-serving sheriff uh, in the history of Palm Beach County, 19 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I remember when, when I first came on to Urban League 22 years ago, you were the, you were the, um, the police chief of the city of West Palm Beach, and, and we started yeah. our, our relationship back then. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into law? What motivated you to say, I want, I want to get, go into law enforcement? Well, when I, when I came out of high school, I really didn't know what direction I was going in. You know, I changed my college major three or four times. Uh, it was the height of the Vietnamese uh, war going on. Uh, the draft was still in effect, but it was a lottery. And um, I, I, my lottery number got called. Well, mm-hmm. I decided I, wasn't want to, I didn't want to go in the Army, so I joined the Marines. Okay. And uh, I did uh, four years in there, and I came out. Um, and that structure and that way that the military was set up really had a profound effect on me. Uh, So I wanted to get into an organization that, you know, mirrored uh, the military. Mm -hmm. And, of course, law enforcement was like that, the uniform, the structure, their paramilitary. So I went to work at West Palm Beach Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, worked my way up through the ranks and um, eventually became the the police chief who was appointed by the police chief in 1996. Uh, So it, it... it kind of was something that I liked the structure. I liked the military. I liked the fact that it was serving people um, and that I could have an effect on a community mm-hmm. um, for the good. Mm-hmm. Sheriff, as our population is ever increasing now, what are the big things that have changed over, over your 52 years of service? I mean, what, what, what have you seen from, from a small City mm-hmm. of West Palm Beach to yeah. this large county we, we, we live in today. Well, it's, it's obviously it's the, the growth in population, the number of calls that, that you do. Um, technology has become immensely uh, helpful to organizations. Mm-hmm. When I started, they handed you a six-shooter, a handful of bullets to put in your pocket, and that was it. Mm-hmm. There was no radio on your side. There was no other technology. Now the deputies have a, a tremendous amount of, elect, of technology, not only in their cars but on their side uh, with 
they're able to use alternative uses of force because of the technology. But our ability to serve the public because of technology is a hundredfold versus what it used to be. So, you know, how we do our job, uh, then the volume that's out there. Um, last year, the sheriff's office did like 1.2 million calls for service. Wow. That's a lot. That, that is a lot. That's a lot. 1.2 million calls for service. Mm-hmm. Sheriff, you know, um, over the years since, since you became sheriff, you, you've um, been the primary law enforcement for so many different people now. Uh, as far as, as the municipalities mm-hmm. here in Palm Beach County, how many municipalities are, are you the primary source of, of, of law enforcement? Uh, Twelve. We've taken over 12 agencies. Twelve of the 38 or 39 we have now? Uh, well, we've, we, we a, just took over 12. Yeah, 12. And, and then they're, they're part of our organization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the most large areas like Broward and Jacksonville and Miami, they've all consolidated into one place because – it, you know, it's an economy of scale. Right. You know, small agencies don't have the technology. They don't have the resources. You end up going and serving those areas anyhow. So it, it's easier for us to just absorb them. And all the municipalities that we've taken over, we've saved them money and given them more resources. You can talk to the people that are the commissioners and the mayors, and they're just they're thrilled to death with the service. Absolutely. And we've been able to, you know, make an impact on their crime rate. Where, where do you see the growth going as far as uh, additional municipalities that, that, that you may be looking at? Well, you know, it's always a political problem because the, the mayors and the commissioners don't want to give up that power structure. Mm-hmm. They're worried that they're not going to have control when in actuality they end up having more control because they have more resources. So, you know, I, I don't know where it's headed. You know, we've had some inquiries from some, some other agencies, you know, which I won't name. All right. But, uh, again, it goes back, you know, it was always a Timing. political interference yeah. there, which it should be. It should be for the best of the people. Let's get the best organization and the more the most resources you can to serve the people. Mm-hmm. Forget about the politics. Mm-hmm. Um, how many how many people do you employ now? Uh, it's getting close to five thousand, and I have about twenty twenty five hundred volunteers. And if if someone wants to inquire about working for the for PBS. So how, how do they do that? Well, you can go online. Uh, there's an application system, and it shows that there's openings and that you can put your name into the system, and then the HR department will contact you. Um, finding good qualified applicants is not impossible, but it's tough. Right. We go through about 20 to 25 people to find the one that the we one. want. Um, young people these days, I'm not so sure they look too far in the future. Um, as far as their personal lives are concerned with drug use and how they finance their lives and, you know, traffic tickets and, you know, personal problems. So they got to realize when we get ready to pick a candidate, we want the best we can popular find and make sure that they represent the best of the community because we're going to, we're going to really hold them to very high standards. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in, in regards to the great resignation that happened during COVID and and Uh all that, so um, PBS always felt the same pain and, 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 and sting of, of looking for good, qualified people. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's always a challenge. Um, like I said, it's become more of a challenge in the recent five to seven years. Um, and, and I don't know why the younger section of people don't have a, a, a long-term goal or, or mentality of where they want to mm-hmm. be five to seven years from now. 
Uh, it's more of you know, they live for today. Live for today. But they have to realize their personal lives and how they conduct themselves will affect what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Sheriff, let, let's move into so, to, to some of the uh, hot topics of, of what's going on in, in our county because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a true believer that we can look nationally, but what, what's happening here locally? Uh, you and I talked a, a, a few of the hot topics with uh, let's go into anti-Semitism and, and what, what's been brewing up here in Palm Beach County. And we have a very large Jewish population here. Yeah, yeah. And, and this, this this started about eight or nine months ago when there was a group of people that came from California. Uh, they settled up in, in Port St. Lucie and they were throwing literature into right. people's yards. Um, at that point in time, that, that was just a misdemeanor which had to be witnessed by the deputy so, you know, we weren't there to catch them. Right. Uh, my intelligence section did a fantastic job identifying these people, finding out where they live so we could track their movements. Um, fortunately for us, the legislature, uh, working with uh, Representative Caruso, uh, was able to raise the level of some of the things they were doing from a misdemeanor to a felony, which gave us the ability to investigate it after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, we made it very well known to these people that if you come into this county with some of the tactics they've used other places, then we're going to put them in jail Good. real quick because we're not, we're not going to tolerate that. And, you know, I've been at groups talking, and people will raise their hand and say, well, isn't this just a Jewish or Israeli problem? And I will tell them, well, at this point in time it is, but where do you draw the line? Right. Exactly. Right. When they're done with the Jewish population, now it's going to be Hispanics. So when right. they're done with them, it'll be African-Americans. When they're done with them, it'll be Italian-Americans. So mm-hmm. if you don't stop it at a certain level, regardless of who they're targeting, it's just going to keep on going. Right. So, um, you know, we drew a, a really red line in the sand when the Israeli conflict started. Um, we do hours afterwards what was going on. We increased our footprint at the religious institutions, not mm-hmm. only the Jewish, but the Muslim and other places oh, too, yes. uh, because there's some crazy people out here will just use this opportunity to go do bad things to anybody they can well, get I mean, uh, to. Hate, hatred, uh, and, and, and we practice this at the Urban League also, hatred is not tolerated anywhere. Oh, no. And, and no. I'm glad to hear that, that. Actually, it's an equal opportunity hate system. That's exactly they, right. They hate everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just want to make sure people feel safe to go worship, no matter where they're at. And, um, yeah, we've, we've increased our footprint. It's still pretty big, mm-hmm. and it will be until this conflict is over with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that, 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 that people understand that, that hatred is not tolerated anywhere. No. And, and uh, I, I agree with you. It, it, once one group moves on, it, it, it just spreads to others. Yeah. Um, when we get into human trafficking, and you see posters and notices all over the place, if you see something, say something. Right. Um, and I've heard that Palm Beach County is, is high up there with human trafficking, with, 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 with issues that have gone on that the regular person really doesn't even know about. Yeah, unfortunately, it's the third in the state. Third in the state. Yeah, wow. and, and we've kind of modified our message a little bit from if you know something, say something, versus if you see it. Because sometimes you'll know things, but you didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, human trafficking is a tough investigation because the victims in it are most of the time illegal or runaway, so right. they're not flagging us down to say, hey, here I am, because they're afraid of getting in trouble. 
plus the people that are handling them, keep them very tight mm-hmm. and, and threaten them, you know, with, with consequences if they get involved with law enforcement. So we rely on the public to tell us things that they don't think is right. Uh, we put on seminars for people in the hospitality industry, the real estate industry, service industries, to give them the warning signs on if they see something that is is funny to them, funny, give right. us a call. I mean, mm-hmm. the last rest that we made, we were at a, a local motel, and the clerk says, hey, you know, not for nothing, there's a, a room upstairs. The, the guys in and out of this room are all day long. I don't. I'm not comfortable with what's going on. And sure enough, when we checked, there was two underage girls in there, and the people were, you know, using them as prostitutes. Wow. But that's a prime example of somebody, you know, just saying something ain't right. Right. And and for a lot of times, it, it may they may be just passing through. Absolutely. And you know, just keep your eyes open, folks. You know, we all have those instincts when we look at something. We go, you know, something about that is just not right. And they need. And look. You can do it anonymously. You don't have to give us your name and say, mm-hmm. I got to go to court or anything. Mm-hmm. Just give it that piece of the puzzle that we need to go on. Get involved, folks. I mean, that, 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 that's what's going to um, Absolutely. Whatever we, whatever we can do as a community to, uh, to assist and, and say something, uh, we've gotten to that point in time now where uh, we, can, we just can't be silent. We, we, no. we, we have to be engaged in, if you want your community to be safe. You know, that old saying, the silent majority has got to stop. Mm-hmm. The majority out here has got to put on their big boy pants and get involved. You're the majority. Don't sit back and let the, the minority of people dictate what's going on. It's like elections. When right. you get 20% of the people that are going to elect the people that are going to run your life, you can't sit back and complain about it. Right. You didn't get out and do anything. <laughs> right. Um, I, I've been preaching that for a long time, Sheriff, that um, – we cannot afford as a, as a society in a democracy to allow uh, 15, 18% voter turnout to elect our no. uh, ele- elected officials and then complain about it. Yeah. I mean, look what's going on across the United States with these cities that are out of control with the migrant population, out of control with crime, out of control because the prosecutors won't do anything, out of control because they've passed laws that allow people to go into stores and shoplift thousands of dollars worth of items and nothing happens to them, mm-hmm. right? You elected these people. All right. Right. So let, let's, let's go into that, into that immigration, uh, Sheriff. Um, we know that it's probably the, one of the hottest topics, yeah. uh, not, not only locally but across the state and nationally. Yeah. Um, we are a per se border state, if, if, if you want to say it, because yeah. we, we, we do have immigrants coming in on our shores, uh, on our beaches yes. all, all the time. How, what's the role of PBSO right now in, in, as far as the immigration status? Well, I'm, I'm going to be nice here a little bit, okay. but these idiots in Washington, D.C. have created a problem that is totally out of control. How, and, how, and, how do you enforce any, any laws that, that are there? Well, you can if you want to, mm-hmm. right? But that's the problem. Look, the analogy that I use is if you got a leak in a sink and it's putting water all over the place, you don't go get a bucket and mop and start mopping it up. The first thing you do is turn off the leak. Immigration has got to stop the flow at the border before they can clean up the mess that they've created. Mm-hmm. Now, here in Palm Beach County, we have a significant presence on the water. Our, bar- our border is the ocean, mm-hmm. right? So we patrol our, our ocean 
very aggressively. We don't let people get in here on these boats. Once in a while, one will sneak by, but even if they do, we catch them real quick. But the vast majority of the time, we stop them on the water and turn them back over to Coast Guard or the Navy because then they have to take them back to where they came from. We don't turn them over to Border Patrol who's going to let them go. So so you work in, in, in conjunction with, with the Coast Guard oh, absolutely. on an offshore basis. Yep. To to prevent the the illegal immigration of exactly of uh, individuals that come from all over the world. Hey, the last boat that we caught, and you know these boats will have 10, 12, 15 people on them. They were from all over the place: Venezuela, uh, Chinese nationals, uh, Bolivians. They were all over the place. And Patrick, th- th- these people are sick because they come from countries that don't have medical resources like we do. Mm-hmm. So here we are tried to stabilize our county so it doesn't have COVID, it doesn't have all the disease, yet these people are trying to get in here that are sick, right? Not to mention the fact you got people that are criminals, right? Look, (laughs) I understand people want a better life. I got it. And I understand that's why the vast majority of them come across the border. That's good. You know, people deserve a chance. They need to figure out a way to do it better. What bothers me is the people they call the gotaways. These are people that never came across the border, threw up their hands to Border Patrol and says, you got me, do whatever you're going to do. They didn't want to get caught because they're gang members, they're cartel members, mm-hmm. right? They're smuggling either drugs or firearms, right? They don't want to get caught. And there's 1.5 million of those that got away. Now, we and they, were— And they, they're settled throughout the country. Oh, absolutely. Well, I can tell you right now, they're here. Mm-hmm. We arrested some people in a drug uh, arrest uh, three months ago, and there was a member of the largest cartel in Mexico, Seminola. We just got notified last week that there's two of the most dangerous Venezuelan gangs in Miami. They're not going to stay down there, just down there. These gangs, they don't know if they're in Broward, Palm Beach, Dade County. They just go to where the business is at and what they're going Mm -hmm. to do. So these, these gangs are here, and they're dangerous, dangerous people. But who else is here? Who else is affiliated with Hamas? Who else is affiliated with, um, you know, the people that do terrorist acts? You know, mm-hmm. the, so, FBI, the director of the FBI testified last week. He goes, it's not a matter of if there's going to be another terrorist attack. It's a matter right. of when. When. Because the people are here and they're going to get their cells organized. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what scares me the most is the people that have come across this porous border, and they're the gotaways. Sheriff, when when one of the things that, that I've always said that the rules are the the job of being a, um, and I'm just going to go to a deputy that is, that's on our streets uh, every day. A lot of their time on all these 1.2 million calls that you received last year mm-hmm. or for mental health. Yes. Um, that makes their, their job even more difficult to do their job because there are mental health issues that they have to confront and, and, and really understand. Yeah. And I don't think deputies are psychiatrists, are they? Or, or, are they, no. Or, how prepared are they to handle the, the, these, these uh, mental health issues? Well, they get the basic understanding. It's, uh, it's, I think it's called mental health first aid, um, uh, critical uh, incident, a, a very a, a brief overview of it so they can recognize what's going on. But mental health touches so many areas, family disturbances, family violence, you know, active shooters, school shootings, 
um, thing, it, it, it's out here. I'm the biggest mental health provider in the county in the yes. jail. Yes, you are. It, it should not be in the jail. There's some people that have committed very minor things because they're off their medication, but there's nowhere to put them. And the real dangerous ones, uh, you know, there, there's nowhere to treat them. Look, the state of Florida, I think, is 47 out of 50 states for mental health funding. Right? The county doesn't do a whole lot more than, than they do. Um, you know, mental health is so important. That's why 10 years ago I started my own mental health unit, just to address those problems. Um, and it's grown significantly since then. Um, what I do is I identify a deputy that has a master's or a PhD in mental health or social services, and then I hire a mental health professional to be his partner. Mm-hmm. So that's a team. Right. Right. Um, and they, they go out here. Half of the mental health unit is called targeted violence. They go after people that are a danger to themselves or the community that have firearms. So under the red flag law of Florida, we can seize the firearms and mm-hmm. get the people help before mm-hmm. they do something bad. Right. Because unfortunately, you know, not all people that are mentally ill are dangerous, but one of the factors you see in people that commit these violent acts is they're, they're mentally ill. Yeah, they're mentally ill, right. And you, you need a system to take the firearms away from them so they can't do that. The other half of the unit addresses mental health issues in the community, substance abuse, whether it's alcohol or drugs, that's a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Homeless. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of homeless people have mental health issues. Family violence. Uh, if we go, if the deputies go to a scene where we have somebody in the house and it's not uncommon for the husband to be involved in a disturbance and, and say, I'm going to kill the wife, I'm going to kill the kids, you know, rather than have us have to rush the house, which sometimes that's just the only option you have, but we don't want to do that. We'll send the mental health team there, and more times than not, they can talk them out. Because the whole thing here is to get people help. Right. If we know ahead of time, we're not interested in arresting them. We're interested in getting them the but, help that and, they and, need. And, 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 and that's my question. How can the community help help PBSO when there's a mental health issue Call going us. on? Call, Call us. Here, here's the problem that we deal with. Families know about other family members that have mental health issues. School kids know about their classmates that have other mental health mm-hmm. issues, and they're hesitant to get them in trouble mm-hmm. because they think they're going to get arrested. That's not our goal. Our goal is to get them the help. But look, Get them the help and prevention. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, think about it. Uh, the, the lady that got killed in Publix, the guy was living with a family member. He had tinfoil on all the windows. He had five or six locks on every door, and he kept telling people, people are after him, so he's got to protect himself, mm-hmm. the gun. Wouldn't you think that's a little suspicious? Not, Wouldn't you think it'd be something like... Out could, of the ordinary. Well, yeah, yeah, you could call and say, listen, you know, I don't want to get this person in trouble, but they're exhibiting some very bizarre behavior. You know, look at what happened in Maine. That guy in Maine that killed all those people, he was in a mental health system, got out, and nobody did anything with him to follow no up. No follow-up, yeah. Right? If you... Um to all those who are paying attention to us this morning and listening, uh, I have with me Sheriff Rick Bradshaw, PBSO. Uh, Sheriff, um, as we conclude, and we, look, we're just touching the, touching the tip right here. Um, you're up for re-election. I am. And as we close, uh, give, us, give, us, give the audience that, that, that are listening this morning the reason why you should be re-elected. Well, the sheriff's election is probably the most important in the county, you know? I don't talk as a Democrat. I don't talk as a Republican. I don't talk as an independent. I talk as the person that's responsible for your safety. So you don't want to get a person 
that says, you know, I've never run a big organization. I think I can. You know, I don't have the experience. You know, because even being a captain or a lieutenant or a number two in an organization, you never really run it, right? Mm-hmm. So you're you're electing the person that's responsible for the safety of you and your family. You need to find the best. I mean, think about it like this. You're in the hospital. You need open-heart surgery. There's two doctors standing there, and the one doctor says, you know, I've never done it. I've watched them. You know, I've helped, but I've never done one. And the other guy too. says, you know, I've done 100 of them. Which one are you going to choose? Right. You know, I have 27 years of being the lead person, the CEO of major organizations, the two largest in this county. No other people in this election have that. They got zero total experience. Mm-hmm. Now, they say they can do it. They say they know about it. But are you willing, who do you trust? Are you willing to take a chance with the safety of your family? You know, there's a reason that I've been in sheriff for 19 years. That's because people know my record. They know what I do in the community. They know I'm here to take care of them. And I'm hoping that they realize this when it comes time to vote. Well, Sheriff, it's been a pleasure. Um, I want to thank you for joining us this morning. And that's been Sheriff Rick Bradshaw of PBSO. Sheriff, we will have this conversation and we will continue this conversation because, yeah. like I said, we just touched on, on, the, on yeah. the tip of things. I'd like to come back. I appreciate, you know, getting the information out to people. Um, so uh, let me know when you want to do it again, and we'll talk some more. Absolutely. Just to, as a reminder, we are in Black History Month, and uh, as always, at the Urban League, we have several things going on. Um, on Thursday, February 22nd, you can join us at the Urban League for our uh, annual Black Heritage Day celebration. We have a, a great uh, agenda lined up for you. Just uh, go online at ulppc.org and register for our Black Heritage Day luncheon. That will be at the Urban League on Thursday, February 27th, 22nd at 12 noon. Also, our Urban League Young Professionals will have their monthly meeting on Tuesday, February 27th at the Urban League at 6.30 p.m. Uh, please go on our website and sign up for that. And again, as I mentioned over the weeks, if you're having any, any type of respiratory issues, sinus, long COVID, um, uh, anything asthma, come to the Urban League. We, we might have something that, that can help you. We have a salt halo therapy uh, tent that we are using, and, and many clients are coming over. It's a free service. Come and sit in for 15 minutes and see if it helps you um, to clear up your sinus issues or asthma or long COVID, any type of re- uh, respiratory. If you don't know anything about it, come and find out. So, again, thank you for, uh, for joining us on Sunday Morning Sundays, and talk to you next week.